Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of MMA Midnight. I'm your host, Sean Yuretzian, and we have a lot to cover this week. We're going to recap all the action from UFC 231 with Max Holloway beating Brian Ortega for the featherweight belt. We're also going to preview Bellator 212 and Bellator 213 coming at you Friday and Saturday from Hawaii. And we're also going to preview the last UFC on Fox card, which is going to be in Milwaukee, with the main event being Ally Quinta taking on Kevin Lee for a rematch. So let's start this week's episode with recapping the UFC 231. Uh, Max Holloway put on an amazing performance against Brian Ortega. His accuracy, his timing, his combos, everything was on point. Um, he exposed Brian Ortega's head movement. Uh, Brian Ortega, it looked like he was gonna like his head movement was gonna be able to work, but he just seemed so slow. He seemed like someone that was like two weight classes above Max Holloway. When you compared the speed to each other. Um, it, Max Holloway did really well. I wasn't sure how he was going to look in this fight with all his health concerns and having the time off, but he proved me wrong. He showed that he's really, uh, like really sharp and he's on point right now. And he might be the, this might be the best Max we've ever seen. Well, he looked really good in there. So, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for him. I don't know if it's going to be at 145 or 155. Um, I would like to see him move up since he has a hard time with his weight cut and that Connor rematch would be great. I think he's a totally different fighter now. He's grown so much since that fight and honestly Connor really hasn't evolved. He's pretty much stayed the same. So I think Max would beat him in a rematch and I would like to see that at 155. Um, but he's got that great win streak going Max right now. Um, great performance by him. Brian Ortega's still young. I think he'll go back, make adjustments. He's a smart fighter. He'll make adjustments, and he'll get better from this. I think he's still got plenty of time in the game, so I'm not too worried about that. He did land some good punches. Um, he did catch Max in the third round, so he did put on. Uh, he had a he had a pretty solid third round. It wasn't uh, it wasn't completely lopsided. They did go back and forth. Max did take some damage too, but and he bloodied up. He messes. Uh, he made a mess of uh, Brian Ortega in that fight. Uh, yeah, amazing. He got the TKO stoppage. Um, it was a doctor stoppage. So great performance by Max Holloway. And in the co-main event, we had Valentina Shevchenko taking on Joanna Wanchecek for the 125-pound women's belt. And Valentina just dominated in this fight. She looked really good. Her distance, her timing was really good. Joanna kept missing her strikes, punches, kicks. Valentina was countering them really well, too. Valentina looked on point and during that fight, and uh, she proved that uh, she was a lot better fighter than Joanna, even in MMA. But... Um, Joanna, I think she should stay at 125. She, um, I think she can maybe come back, get a rematch, but she needs to make some adjustments. I think if she can learn the distance and timing of Valentina and take that into a rematch, maybe have a couple fights at 125. If she can beat, the, beat some other women at 125, she can definitely get a rematch against Valentina. So, um, yeah, Valentina won the decision. It was a pretty clear-cut decision. She was doing so much damage, landing her strikes. Um, she got some good takedowns, so that, that was a solid performance by her. Also on the card, we had Gunnar Nelson taking on Alex Al Cowboy Oliveira. Gunnar Nelson getting a solid win here. He really needed this. Um, after getting knocked out by Santiago Ponzinibbio, he needed this bounce-back win. And, uh, yeah, he got the submission win over um, Cowboy Oliveira, so that was a good performance by him. And uh, the light heavyweight battle we had on the card with Jimmy Manoa taking on Tiago Santos... This fight was a brawl. These guys were going at it. This was a very fan-friendly fight. If you guys didn't see it, check it out. 
Uh, they were going back and forth, rocking each other, hitting each other with big punches. Jimmy Manoa hit Tiago Santos with big punches, and Tiago Santos came back. You know, he hit him up with hit him with the the uh, uppercut left hook, and it just it it rocked Jimmy Manoa like he dropped. That left hook was so clean, and he kept trying it over and over again. He tried the right uppercut, left hook, and it worked. He tried, he got the uppercut and then the left hook, and he finished him off. It was a great knockout, great performance by Tiago Santos. Uh, he's looking really good right now, so I'd like to see him continue going on that win streak and, and looking forward to his next fight. Always exciting fights by him. Um, Jimmy Manoa has lost a bunch of fights by knockout, so we'll see what happens with him, if he's going to get um, some other fights in the UFC or what happens. Um, yeah, great night of fights overall at UFC 231. It was fun, exciting, um, and if you haven't seen it, check it out. Let's move on to the uh, Bellator 212 and Bellator 213 preview. Uh, we have those cards coming up Friday and Saturday from Hawaii. The one on Friday is the Salute the Troops card Bellator is putting on for the troops. Uh, the main event is Brent Primus taking on Michael Chandler for their rematch. If you remember, Brent Primus won the title by beating Chandler. He landed a low kick. It ended up messing up Chandler. He got an injury. And... Um, Chandler, even though Chandler was hobbling around on one leg, he was still trying to fight. You know, he showed a lot, a lot of heart, like, trying to continue in that fight. Um, unfortunately, they stopped the fight. Um, he wasn't able to continue anymore. And Brent Primus has been the champion now for about a year. Um, he hasn't fought, actually, since that last fight. That was actually in June of 2017. So it's been about a year and a half since Brent Primus has fought. And... Um, it was the Mike Chandler fight. Mike Chandler has fought twice since then. He's won both his fights, and he's been active. So I'm looking for Mike Chandler to go in there and get his belt back. I think he's going to finish Brent Primus. I think he's got a lot to prove. He has a chip on his shoulder, and he's been asking for this fight for a while. I can tell he doesn't really care for Brent Primus. He just wants his belt. He knows that dude isn't the real champion. Um, he knows if it wasn't for that injury, he would have won that fight. But it was a clean victory for Brent Primus. Unfortunately, that's that with an and a fight ends with an injury like that. That's just that's it. It is how it is. If a guy can't continue, then the fight's over. But um, Chandler's gonna try and um, f uh, correct that mistake. He's gonna try and fix that and uh, make things right the way he believes it is as him being the Bellator champ. So that's gonna be a good fight. <clears throat> and the co-main event on that card is Frank Mir coming back after that knockout loss to Fedor. He's taking on Javi Ayala. Um, Javi Ayala, you guys might remember him. He's the one who knocked out Sergey Karatanov. Um, he's lost two straight, but there were two top guys. It was to Roy Nelson and Czech Congo. So it wasn't that, um, there was no shame really in those losses. But he still got that knockout power. He got that knockout win over Sergey, like I was saying. So Frank Mir, Frank needs to take this fight down. He can easily win this fight. Um, he could win it on the feet as well, but with all the knockouts he's had, um, knockout losses he's had he I don't know I don't think he should risk it I think he should take him down he could easily win this fight with ground and pound or submission um, Frank Mir should, should definitely look for the takedown I know he likes to stand up and bang because he's got good hands but you know your chin's not going to hold up forever I think he needs to fight smart in this fight and just get back in the win column um, I don't think he needs to prove that you know he can knock everyone out or this and that I think he needs to just fight smart and get, get a, a W right now He's, it's, it's late in his career. He's getting up there in age. He's got mileage on his body. He can't just go out there um, slugging it out with everybody. Um, Javi Ayala has power. Um, he might lack uh, in a lot of other areas, and that's what Frank needs to expose. He, he, he can't just go after his power because it, it might not end up end well for him. Um, also on the card, we have A.J. McKee. 
um, taking on Daniel Crawford. AJ McKee, 12 and 0, undefeated. You guys always hear me talk about him anytime he's fighting. You don't want to miss his fights. Check out his highlights online. He's an exciting young fighter. He's trained very well, well rounded, and um, this is Daniel Crawford's second fight. He's 10 and 2. I'm looking for um, him to come out with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You know, he's taking on a big name in AJ McKee. So we'll see how is if he you know how he looks in this fight. Some guys really step up to that um, to that uh, higher up competition or when they're fighting in the spotlight. So we'll see how it is. But I gotta pick AJ McKee on paper. You know he's just too good. He's been looking really well. He's always getting better. Every fight we see him, AJ McKee's always looking better. So you don't want to miss uh, miss any of his fights, and uh, definitely don't want to miss this fight. Also on the card, we have Derek Campos taking on Sam Cecilia. Uh, look for these guys to swing uh, and throw some leather. Um, Sam Cecilia, you guys know he's got knockout power, but he's 1-4 in, in his last five fights. You know, that brawling style, it, that's the downside of it. You know, you're going to get taken down, you're going to lose, you're going to get caught. So there's a lot of downsides to that. Derek Campos was on a four-fight win streak until he lost to Patricky Pitbull when he st uh, uh, Patricky stopped him. So he look for him to get back on the winning track. Look for him to try and get another win streak going. Also, we have a women's fight on the card with Juliana Velasquez taking on Alejandra Lara. We also have uh, Twain Claxton on the card. We have Hobson Gracie on the card making his, his pro debut. So a lot to check out on Bellator 212, guys. You don't want to miss it. Salute the troops card. And on Saturday, we have Bellator 213 with the main event, Alima Lay McFarlane defending her belt against Valerie Letourneau. Alima Lay McFarlane's undefeated. She's the champion at 8-0. She's been looking really good. Every fight we see her, she gets better and better. I'm, I'm really interested to see how she does against someone like Valerie Letourneau, who's been in the game for a while. She has a lot of experience. She's very crafty. She's got a good fight IQ. So this is going to be a good test for Alima Lay, and I think it's going to be a, a hell of a fight. Let's move on to the co-main event, which is Lyoto Machida making his Bellator debut versus Rafael Carvalho. This is going to be an interesting fight. These guys are both good strikers. They both have good ground games, but look for them to stand up. This fight's going to stay standing. Someone's going to get knocked out. It's going to be an interesting style matchup. Both the way uh, Machida's karate style and striking is, and Rafael Carvalho, how he's well-rounded. He has good punches, kicks, knees. Look for for this fight to be a knockout. This is going to be an exciting fight. You guys definitely don't want to miss this fight. Machida versus Carvalho. This is going to be an amazing fight. Uh, Machida's last fight in the UFC was that front kick knockout of Vitor, uh, Vitor Belfort. Um, so he's coming off a win. He's coming into Bellator off a win. Look, look for Machida to do what he does, to strike, to knock out, and that's what Rafael Carvalho does too. So a great fight. Um, also, we have Neiman Gracie taking on Ed Ruth for the Welterweight Grand Prix. This is the open, one, uh, one of the opening round fights for the Welterweight Grand Prix. Both these guys are undefeated. Neiman Gracie, amazing jiu-jitsu, top-level jiu-jitsu. Ed Ruth, amazing college wrestler. Um, he he's multiple time champ uh ncaa division one champ uh ed ruth is a great wrestler he's got power in his hands he's got knockout power i'm really interested in this matchup you got the jujitsu guy neiman grace's striking is getting better but you know his bread and butter is his jujitsu he's so crafty and smart on the ground uh, i don't know how, how this fight's gonna go you definitely don't want to miss it um, both these guys, uh, you know, it's hard to see one of these guys lose. They're both up-and-comers, and they're both on a tear, like I said, both undefeated. This is going to be a great fight. Don't want to miss this fight as well, so tune in for that. 
We also have Liam McGeary uh, uh, coming back. This is his first fight since that loss to Vadim Nemkov. He's taking on King Mo. That's going to be another great fight. If I had to pick one, I have to kind of lean towards King Mo. I think Liam McGeary's confidence wasn't that great going into that um, Vadim Nemkov fight. Uh, when I interviewed him beforehand, when he was asked about the um, fighting in the belt or heavyweight Grand Prix, he's like, oh, those guys are big guys, you know, and this dude's huge. You know, I think he lacks confidence, and I think Liam McGeary, if he didn't get his confidence back, I think King Mo's going to run all over him. King Mo's a confident dude. He, know, he, he knows he has talent. He knows he has power. He's got speed. So I'm looking for King Mo to win this fight. Uh, yeah, both these Bellator cards are great. Bellator 212 on Friday and Bellator 213 on Saturday. It's good to see Bellator going back to Hawaii. Hawaii has such like a rich fight history in MMA. There's so many organizations there from like, you know, Super Brawl, um, Rumble on the Rock, uh, like K1 went there, BJ Penn versus Henzo Gracie, K1 put that uh, fight card on there. So that has a rich history, and a lot. It's, and Hawaii is known for having tough, durable fighters. You know, there's been a lot throughout the history. I'm happy to see, happy to see uh, Bellator going back to Hawaii and bringing MMA back to Hawaii. I think that's awesome. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think the fans will enjoy it as well. So let's move on to the UFC fight night from Milwaukee. UFC on Fox 31. This is the last UFC. Uh, this is the last fight night on on the Fox deal. So it's a, um, they're moving over to ESPN Plus on in 2019. So it's end of an era. It's going to be um, Ally Quinta taking on Kevin Lee for the second time. If you guys remember their first fight, Ally Quinta won the, by decision. It was a pretty solid performance by both guys. But Ally Quinta, he did really well. I was really impressed with him in that fight. And he's been on a tear, too. He lost his last fight to Khabib, but there's no shame in that. We know Khabib's the champ. We know he's, he's very dominant. He's tough. Um, he, I think he's, he's going to win this fight again. But don't, don't underestimate Kevin Lee. He's been on a tear. He's been 6-1 in his last seven fights. And the only one of those seven uh, fights that he lost was the one to Tony Ferguson. So both these guys are top of the division. These guys are both very talented said the only like their losses in the past like couple of years is Khabib and Tony Ferguson. Like these guys are fighting the best of the best and they're always putting on good performances and I'm expecting another great fight um in this fight. It's hard to pick who it is, but I'm kind of leaning more towards Al, but um Kevin Lee has improved a lot. Like I said, he's he's 6 and 1 in his last 7 fights. He he's made a lot of changes. He's always getting better. So this will be a great fight. On the co-main event is Edson Barboza taking on Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker is on a four-fight win streak, all finishes, and three of them were by knockout. So look for Dan Hooker to get another finish, a knockout. And Edson Barboza, we know he likes to, to throw down. We know he likes to hunt for the knockout. But he's very crafty, very well-rounded. Edson Barboza has looked good in the past couple years. He is on a two-fight losing streak, but it's to Kevin Lee and Khabib. So those guys are top-notch fighters, top-five fighters. So he's still he's still a top ten guy. He's still up there. So look for Edson to come out and try and make a statement. And same with Dan Hooker. Look for him to try and make a statement and burst onto the scene. He wants to be known as one of those top guys. He wants that. Uh, even though he's you know he's had a lot of impressive finishes, um, I don't think he gets the recognition that he deserves. I think this fight he's going to try and make a statement that um, that he shouldn't be overlooked and that he belongs in the top five, top top ten, top five. 
So that'll be a good fight as well. We also have Rob Font taking on Sergio Pettis. Both these guys young. Both of them looked really good when they first got into the UFC when they burst on the scene. They've had some rough fights now that they're facing tougher competition. They've kind of had some ups and downs, both of them. But this fight, I feel like both of them are going to come out. Uh, they both like to strike. They're both good on the ground too, but they like to strike. So I'm looking for these guys to, to throw some leather. Also on the card is Jim Miller versus Charles Oliveira. Jim Miller is 1-4 in, in his last fights. He's had so many fights in the UFC. He's getting that mileage on his body. He's starting to slow down, and that's a fast division. Those guys are really fast. So it's it's hard for him to, to, keep, to keep up right now. Charles Oliveira is 3-1 in, in his last four fights. So look for him to come out and get a, another big win under his belt and move up. He finished uh, Clay Guida and Will Brooks. Um, in, the, in those fights, and that that one loss that he had in the out of those last four was Paul Felder. So it was only to a top level guy. Um, look for him, yeah, to get a get a win. I think he's gonna be pull it off and beat Jim Miller. But Jim Miller, he man, he he doesn't make it easy for anybody. You know, he 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 grinds out, he wins, and he he's so tough and durable. It's gonna be an interesting fight that one. There's some fun matchups on the prelims as well. We have Jessica Rose Clark taking on Andrea Lee, and there's Drakkar Close taking on Bobby Green. So those should be fun. So to check those out as well. Uh, good night of fights. We got the Bellator Saturday and uh, the UFC Fight Night. Uh, the Bellator on Friday. Salute the troops card. Uh, a lot of good action this weekend, guys. You're not going to want to miss any of it. This segment I like to call Midnights of Our Past. Today we're going to revisit UFC 98, which is Rashad Evans defending his belt against Lyoto Machida. This was a, an amazing matchup at the time. Rashad Evans was coming off knocking out Forrest Griffin to win the belt. Lyoto Machida was coming off that knockout win over Tiago Silva. He had that win over Tito Ortiz before that. Lyoto Machida was on the rise. Everyone uh, was like keeping an eye on him. They didn't know what was next for him, and they didn't know what to expect in this fight. And Machida came out and just dominated Rashad Evans. He did really well. His striking was on point, pinpoint accuracy. He had great timing, distance, and he just showed that he was like a new level of striking. If you going back and kind of watching these fights, you see that the level of uh the, like like the the striking wasn't the same. Um, you know, it's gotten a lot better over the years. It wasn't the same back then. And Machida was kind of like taking it to a new level like when he came he burst on the scene Rashad Evans was a good striker but he wasn't anywhere near the striker of Machida Machida showed that there was a new level a higher level of striking and he really brought it on you know Joe Rogan at the end of the fight after he knocked out Rashad Evans like in spectacular fashion yeah Joe Rogan was like welcome to the Machida era you know his title reign didn't last that long but he definitely brought in a new era of striking. It opened up a lot of guys' eyes, thinking that it's not just this MMA style of striking and brawling. Like He really showed that there's a lot more that people can learn about striking, timing, distance, footwork. His elusiveness was very unorthodox, and it, no one was really familiar with anything like that in MMA. So it got people thinking, and it brought a lot of attention to the striking game in, in, um, in MMA. And that, that, was a, that was a hell of a performance by Machida. Um, it, it was a it was a great fight. If you haven't seen that knockout, go check it out. If it's been a while since you've seen it, go back and rewatch it. It's a, it, it a spectacular knockout, an amazing fight. And the co-main event on that card was Matt Serra versus Matt Hughes. They had that bad blood. It was a big rivalry between both of them. They coached against each other on the Ultimate Fighter. And Matt, Matt Hughes came out and put on a dominant performance. He used his wrestling 
to just um he just he just shut down Matt Sarah's game. He used his wrestling really well to shut him down. Matt Sarah couldn't really get anything going. He landed a couple strikes, but it, it, he couldn't get his rhythm going when they're on the feet and he was just getting taken down and dominated. Matt Hughes has amazing submission defense. Matt Sarah couldn't really even, you know, do much about going for submissions. Matt, yeah, Matt Hughes's top game was so dominant back then that it was it was hard for um guys to deal with. Um yeah, that that was a that was a great performance by Matt Hughes on that fight. I know Matt Sarah was disappointed because like they had a lot of bad blood and trash talking before that fight. But yeah, that was that was a great matchup. Also on the main card, some of you might remember Drew McFedries. This guy had crazy knockout power. His hands, if he just touched you, you'd go to sleep. He took on Xavier Fopapakam. Um, he knocked him out, as expected. He had crazy knockout power. Um, Xavier Fopapakam was um, Cyril Diabati's student. He was a stand-up fighter. He was a striker. Um, so they went at it, and it didn't last long. Drew McFedries ended up... Um, KOing him, it, it, was, um, it was brutal power this guy had. If you've never seen Drew McFedries and you're new to the sport, go back and check out this guy's fights. Like he, this guy had had insane like power in his hands. He was like one of those like a uh, rare breed those fighters who could just knock out anybody. Um, yeah. Also on the main card there was Chael Sonnen, Dan Miller. Uh, Chael Sonnen dominated Dan Miller in this fight. He put on a really impressive performance. You really got to see how dominant of a wrestler Chael Sonnen is. And you got to see his ground and pound. You got to see him put in, like, he puts in the work. And um, that, that was kind of what you're seeing. Because uh, Dan Miller at the time was 3-0 in the UFC. He was, he was doing really well. And just uh, Chael Sonnen just put a stop to that, you know. And it was a good performance. You got to see Chael back then. That was him climbing the ranks at middleweight in the UFC after he did well in the WEC. And also on the card, it was Sean Shirk trying to work his way back up to getting a title shot after he lost um, to BJ Penn. He, he takes on Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar was young here. He was uh, he was up-and-comer. A lot of people weren't didn't know who he was at the time. He had some solid wins. And Sean Shirk, you know, like I said, he was the former champ. He wanted to get back to it. And Frankie Edgar just... He was just lighting him up. Uh, Frankie Edgar looked amazing in that fight. His footwork, his angles combinations he was just landing it was really the next generation fighter like we talked about with machida frankie edgar showed it on this card too like he was the next generation of striker like i said with his angles his boxing combinations footwork sean shirt couldn't do anything about it frankie edgar was so much faster in his wrestling he stuffed every every sean shirt takedown you know he would tie him up he would get the underhooks he'd grab a guillotine he'd sprawl it, it was a great performance by frankie edgar and he this really uh let everyone in the lightweight division know that frankie edgar was for real and he belonged at the top of the division and he eventually went on and beat bj penn and became the the champion so this is a, a great fight that really highlighted frankie edgar and let people know that that he was here to stay and and to this day we see frankie tearing it up so uh this was another amazing fight that was on that card uh ufc 98 <clears throat> So if you've never seen UFC 98, you're a new fan to the sport, definitely check it out. A lot of great fights, especially that main event with Machida making his Bellator debut this weekend. Go back and check out that knockout. It was an amazing performance by Machida. A great fight card. It was a lot of fun to watch. Go back and watch it if you've already seen it before. Thank you guys for tuning in. Subscribe to the channel, like the video, and we'll see you next time. Bye.